Welcome to If Blackbirds Were Ducks. Andrew, it's good to have you on. Uh, for the people watching, I met Andrew uh, duck hunting. Yeah, yeah, two seasons ago. Not this last season. Yeah, but two one. seasons ago, mm -hmm. October. Early October. It was like yeah, it was our like opening week of duck season. Yeah, it was like October. I want to say like October twenty something. So yeah. it was nineteenth the opener, I think. Yeah, but. and I had scouted a little WMA, and there were some ducks in it, and Andrew had scouted a little WMA too. <laughs> no, I I looked up the closest place to hunt ducks to my house, and I went there with bright sunglasses, like mirror finished sunglasses, um, a Walmart camouflage hoodie, and some really cheap waders, a shotgun, and a call, like a $10 butt gardener call. You had something, you had some trickery up your sleeve. No decoys. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just sitting there thinking like, oh yeah, you can just call ducks in. I was very uneducated. That was my first time out, my first time really experiencing any of it, so. I had little idea what to do in that situation. Like what you would do to like just go out and hunt waterfowl. Yeah, was that so, your first hunt? Yeah, ever. No, I, I'd never hunted ducks before. So like I- Had you hunted anything else? I mean, I don't know it, like if hunting is the best word, but I'd go out with like family and stuff sometimes if they were gonna go hunting. And it was more or less like a camping trip where people were happening to go hunting, you know? Sure. like. And I never did, personally. Like, I'd gone on a pheasant hunt with a guy from my church, um, which was successful. We shot a pheasant that day. But, nice. you know, it was, it, it, I was very uninvolved. Like, I just got invited, brought a gun, walked. Yeah. He, had, he had the dog. He knew what to do. He did all of it. So, I was uh, still, I guess, out of the loop on hunting. Yeah. The I talked about this on, like, my podcast with Drew Rossman, the flock doc. We've talked about it. Like, what it took me to get into hunting and like what being a good hunting ambassador is and like a good hunter is like what you did for me because I just came to the marsh and was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I was walking back to the truck because I was like, okay, this is dumb. I'm done. You know, I saw ducks flying over. People had a bunch of decoys out. I thought I was just kind of in the way. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to head home. It is like yeah. a heavily pressured spot. Yeah. Well, there's like a billion people at this WMA. Yeah. And, um, it's i've come to notice this is not a very good place to hunt and you know i have i didn't yeah. go last year more but, than once but so i was just heading out there and garrett was going to meet me yeah and it was like my first hunt of the year and i had scouted a little bit and i knew that in the evenings a bunch of birds were obviously most of them after shooting time to roost but yeah i figured we might shoot a few that that evening in that hole um, and I'm walking out all alone, loaded to the gills. You had like a hundred pounds of gear. You, <laughs> yeah, had, like, you had one of those big, like, you know, uh, what is it? Like bass mouth, like opening. It's, uh, it's the Righam right. The Righam right refuge, refuge runner. runner. I bought one. That is a freaking. One of my buddies gave me one for this last season and yeah. those are clutch. I love those things. But that was the first time I'd ever seen somebody like hoofing stuff in. I was like, oh dude, like this guy's yeah. got like a whole thing set up. I didn't really understand right. any of it. Yep. Um, but I knew for a fact, I was like, this guy knows what he's doing. Cause you had, you had like your mojo pull in one hand, like Moses, you know, and like, and your backpack full of gear. And I was like, 
I'm going to talk to that guy. I so, hate carrying all that stuff. I do too. It's yeah. just part of it now, especially hunting alone a lot. Um, and public land, like most of the time. Yeah. You got to hoof it in. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Makes you so much more successful. Yep. Um, but yeah, so I'm walking out. I see you looking like a jabroni. Yep. That's which, the truth. <laughs> I won't even deny it. It's, it's funny to me now when I saw you, I was intrigued mm -hmm. in the past, you know, and I thought I was cool and stuff. Like I would have been like this guy, Yeah, this guy. what's he doing out here? You know? Yeah. But it was kind of cool. You came up to me and you were like, I don't even remember how it went. You were like, Hey man, are you duck hunting? And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, Duh. Duh. Well, yeah. That's I, what I'm like, doing, man. I didn't know if there was like other season open for other stuff and you just like I, I legitimately knew nothing about yeah, that. And so. I didn't know that. So yeah, like, yeah no, but, I am. I am. You yeah. know. And you're like, I think you asked if you could just hunt with me. I said like, are you gonna be setting up pretty close to the trucks? And you were like, I'm gonna go up right to where you came from. Because yeah. you saw me walk out of that little hole and I was just like, you mind if I just come like sit in the bushes and watch? Like, I'll just put the gun up just so I know what I'm doing, you yeah. know? Cause like, I'm, I'm totally lost here. And you were just like, oh, just come on down and bring your gun. Like, I'll, I'll teach you. Like, I got a buddy coming, but we'll have enough room. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, like, sure. And I, that wasn't too out of the blue for me at this point in my experience with hunting. But after last season and this like season we're talking about two seasons ago, yeah. I realize that that is like totally out of the blue. Like when you hear about the hunting scene, especially in Idaho for waterfowl, it's like kind of a toxic environment, you know, when it comes to like some of the guys that like really get into it. Um, most of them would have been like, yeah, go like 300 yards that way away from me. You know, yeah. like don't be near me. Like, especially if it wasn't a WMA and it was like a spot somebody found, like it would have been like a personal insult to them, Yeah, you know? So it was cool that, I was able to tag along with you and you were so cool with it, like right off the get go. And I didn't realize how, I guess kind of special that was because it's not like the norm. But. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a real sad reality of hunting as a whole. Yeah. And a lot of the reason why, like kind of the message that I want to put out, especially in waterfowl. And I, I mean, you've seen me practice it. Oh yeah. Several times. Countless times. Yeah. Every when, time we've been out. When you run into people, like no one gets anywhere getting into like pissing matches. No. Like what's going to, what good is going to come out of that? So that person sets up a hundred yards from you downwind and completely screws you over. Like it just, it doesn't work out for anyone. And I've seen it happen so many times the other way where, well, let's say you were set up and I went down there Yeah. and I was like, I'm going to set up right over here. Like, yeah. That just doesn't work out that well. Yeah. And that does happen a lot. Like there's a spot out in new Plymouth, um, where I'd set up with a buddy of mine and we found it and it works really well for us. Um, but we didn't know that it's like kind of everybody else's spot, you know, too. Mm. So we ended up having is to it, share a lot. Is it public land. It is. Yeah. It's on the river. And, we'd kind of found this spot and there's a really good stretch for divers and there's a little like tucked back hole that's good for more puddle ducks and stuff. And we had a really good time hunting it. But as the season went on, as it got colder, people were flooding in there. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> and uh, bush lights getting yeah, the bush lattes, they do <laughs> it. Um, 
but we had to kind of like coordinate with the people that were there and every once in a while you'd get a couple of people it's more younger kids most of the time like you know probably 15 16 um that would set up less than 100 yards from you you know 50 yards you know and uh most of the time they wouldn't even know you were there like they just don't have the awareness right you know if i'm now hunting anywhere i'm scanning the area if i see anything that looks like a decoy spread i'm either going to go talk to him or i'm going to screw off the other way sure you know so and that's just like i guess yeah waterfowl iq you know hunting iq you know just knowing your surroundings and uh yeah like getting back to etiquette just even if it is safe if it's not going to be advantageous to both of you it's probably better to just you know do something that's going to yeah yeah definitely yeah i i first of all i just want to commend you for your courage to to come up to me to go hunting actually more than coming up to me well yeah i didn't grow up in it so it was like it was hard to get into first of all because i knew nothing and Mm -hmm. you know none of my family did any of it and i was just like we actually talked about this on my podcast at one point like they were like drew was really impressed he's like dude like when I invite people to come into the blind, usually they're like, oh, no, I'm good. I, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. Even if they clearly don't, mm-hmm. you know, he's like, it's so weird to see somebody that would have that, like, kind of humble attitude. Not to toot my own horn, because I didn't feel like it was anything spectacular for me to right. ask for help, you know. Yeah. But, like, I knew I needed help. So, that, yeah, it was like, thank you. But, you know, I, yeah. it wasn't like some special, like, oh, I'll put my pride away. Like, I just felt you like... Just didn't, you were just curious. Yeah, I was just like, well, I'm never going to learn if I don't ask for help. So, you know, yeah. let me let me get after it. So what, So for you, I mean, you're a special individual in that. It probably wasn't very intimidating to you. No. I'm not, well, it's, it's funny. Like, even growing up, like, I've always been, like, the bigger kid. Like, yeah. it's kind of hard to see on camera, but I'm six foot eight. Like, I'm ginormous. Like, yeah, when, I was in, when I was in seventh grade, I looked like a senior in high school. And, uh... People treated me that way in the public in my community like my parents were always kind of treating me like i was like this older kid like because they couldn't you know separate the fact they're like oh my god this kid's so big yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, so sure. i kind of had to like be able to communicate be able to not be intimidated by situations because i'm always the person that's going to be like a little bit behind everybody else when it comes to just like where they're at in their life yeah so i ended up maturing a little bit faster and you know being able to handle more intimidating stressful situations yeah. a little better <laughs> well you're a social person and i try yeah just, it was just it was it was pretty amazing to me and you were asking great questions the first day which was awesome i watched about eight hours of youtube in preparation for that day so i was like so like what's a good call to get yeah. you know and you're like r and t's pretty good like, you yeah. know so oh yeah i'm telling you like rich and tone yeah and all these hundred and whatever dollar calls you're yeah like, i mean oh uh, I still don't own a call that's over 50 bucks. You don't need to. No. Like I have, what is it? That's a, that's a, that's a want, not a need. Yeah. Like, and I mean, you can argue tone really does change with like a wood call versus, you know, acrylic call versus a, you know, what is it? Delrin. There are a lot of calls made out of like, you can hear a difference, but I don't know if the duck really cares that much. No, I don't don't think they do. (laughs) No, I think, uh, I think it's more for the person than anything when it comes to a duck call. Yeah. It's really an attention grabber. And you yeah. can finish ducks and stuff on the water, and, you know, but, and center them and keep them up. And, but a lot of yeah. it's really just an attention grabber more than anything. That's fair. You know, like I, I run now, geese, zinc. That's different. Geese calls. Yeah. Like 
I have a zinc call of death for the uh, for the geese, and I can blow that okay. Um, not a goose caller yet. That this was my first season with any experience with it at all, and yeah. I blew the hell out of that call. Um, but with my duck call, like I got really good with a single read this year, and that was like what I was really proud with because I didn't kill a lot of birds this year. I really enjoyed the time out that I got, you know, especially us going to that field. That was a banger hunt. That was cool. That was fun. Like I'd never done that. So that was a cool first experience in like a field hunt. Yeah. Um, and then I went out a couple times with Drew, um, a lot on my own, you know, and a couple times with guys that were even newer than I was, you know, which was really cool. I got to bring them into the waterfowl oh, world. Yeah, and that's awesome. We killed a lot of divers, killed a lot of golden eye. Yeah. So that that's was the, the classic Southwest Idaho staple. Yeah. It's table fare. It's not good. But but it, it's edible. It's um, I have I have some. I'm gonna make in the sausage in there. You'll have to let me know how it is, cause the yeah the golden eye I made turned into dog treats pretty quick. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Just because it's you know nothing wrong with that. No. At least get, it's getting used, you know. Yeah. No. It's like I'm not gonna put any birds to waste. You know. I think the only bird I've wasted this year is sitting in my freezer because it's still a whole bird that I was gonna mount. Which was? It's a golden eye. It's a Real nice beautiful bird. Drake golden eye. Not a Barrows or anything, just, you know, right. standard common, but it was it was a cool bird. Yeah. So, and it was my first, like, I orchestrated this hunt, took somebody with me, you know, he shot the bird, he didn't have anywhere to put the bird, and I was like, dude, that's a stud Drake. If you want me to go mount that, I'll take it and put it in my freezer. And he was like, okay. And then I talked to the wife and started thinking about it, and I was like, I don't really know if I want to mount a golden eye. <laughs> So, and my buddy's not going to take it. So it would end up on my wall and it's just money. So it's yeah. like, I don't know if I will or not. It'll probably live in the freezer for a little while before I decide. Yeah. But that's, that's part of life. It's not hurting anybody. Freezer. There's a few out there that I'm teetering on. It's the part of any, any waterfowl upland hunters world. There's oh, always yeah. going to be Those birds in the freezer. freezer. <laughs> yep. There's a hen hooded merganser at my buddy's house. that has oh, been there for like two a years. A hen hooded merganser. That's a nice one. Yeah. It's his dog training bird that he has in a trash bag that he takes out oh, sure. and lets him smell it and stuff. Yeah. So yeah. I gave it to him one day cause I was like, this is worthless to me. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Um, what's interesting about that day <laughs> too is you actually shot a duck on your first duck hunt. shot a hen mallard and that was a really pretty fat duck for early season it was cool it was pretty sweet because um it was like a group of mallards that worked for like five passes there's like no wind i was like there's no way these ducks are landing like i didn't know much about ducks but i was like Dude, they're just spinning there's no way they're coming yeah. in and on that fifth pass sure enough they had feet down ready to land and they came in and we shot garrett and i shot the drakes out of it yep. it was like three you well the thing is you said kill him in between breaths on your call because you and Garrett were just wailing on the trying calls to trying to keep him interested. Yeah. And I'm like, man, this is hard. Like I, in my head, I was thinking like, if that's what you got to do every time you kill a duck, like this is going to be really difficult to get into, especially like alone because I didn't know how to call. Like my call was trash. It was horrible. Yeah. So like we were just talking, that's kind of funny. We were just talking like, it's just to get their attention. But like in that case, it's to keep their attention, yeah. not just to get it. Mm -hmm. Keep them coming to you, keep them, and keep them interested. Yeah. Keeping attention is truly about like cadence and stuff too, and more like fine details that you just- Timing. Well, yeah, things you don't know is a new waterfowler. You know, something that yeah. you can't teach, something you gotta learn with time, something you gotta learn with, you know, knowing how birds work. Yeah. And that was something I just totally didn't have, you know. Sure. Once it came, it was easier to keep birds and make birds work and, you know. Yeah. Yeah, but it was, 
it was a foreign concept at the time. So, but we had a fun little hunt. I think we shot like eight ducks or something, or six. Or it something. was a banger shoot. It was an evening hunt. I think we only walked away with like four or five birds because I have a picture of the strap, and there was like three over here and two over here, and one of them was mine. Yeah. So I think you and Garrett both had two or three ducks piece, and you know, I was, had mine. It was pretty good, especially for your first hunt. It I was thought. a great hunt. Yeah, like looking back, that beats ninety percent of the times I go out and I just get skunked, and I I watch and I'm like, well, that was a nice walk with a gun, you know, and yeah. I enjoy it, you know, it's getting out like I. I truly enjoy getting out more than the hunt most of the time. It's just right. like being out and doing something and, you know, enjoying the weather and seeing the seasons and yeah. 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 I know it's, it's special. Um, I'm glad you've been able to go on a couple of good ones with me too. After that. That's all due to you, man. Your, your scouting and your diligence is what keeps your hunts amazing. You know, like I've never been on a hunt with you where we didn't have a great hunt, you know? And that speaks a lot to you and your group is like what you guys do and how you scout and like what you know. And it's like, this takes a lot of skill. It, it's not an easy thing. If it was easy, everybody would do it. Sure. So not just with like the timing of it and the financial investment, but like just the knowledge you have to have. It's, it's vast, you know? So it takes a long time. I mean, like if I was shit, you're, you're well ahead of me in years <laughs> of like, hunting you know like okay you've been hunting for two years yeah two years when i've been hunting for two years on my own i was 16 or 17 or something you know yeah. so to think of where you're at now from where i was then is kind of like you also have access to a lot more opportunities when you're older like you can you know yeah. budget your time on your own better you don't have school in the way like yeah. you know yeah. like things open up for you you know you can decide when and where you're going to go hunt and how much it matters to you, how you're going to scout. Like mm -hmm. I was just talking to you before we started, like my next big step is going to be like learning and doing scouting, like really hardcore yeah. just because I have a handful of spots and I don't really know what it means to like have a good day versus a bad day at those spots. So I'm just going to focus on looking for birds. And if I don't see birds, I'm going to go to my other spot and look at for birds and just kind of budget that time aside more. I know, I know a lot of great, good, good waterfowlers who are successful often who are really good scouters and not that great of hunters. Yeah. Scouting is essential mm -hmm. when it comes to waterfowl. That's number one. Yeah. I mean, we get lucky sometimes when you go on a gamble and try to make an educated guess about something due to weather or something. I've gotten lucky, especially in Idaho. Oh, just because of the lack of water and yeah Idaho. you got to know where to be for where the ducks want to be because the ducks are so temperamental with the amount of water we have with the amount of good habitat we have it's like yeah you can have like a prime piece of waterfowl habitat they just might not even know about because it sprung up in the last week to be that's a, true you know that's very true to think about like with fields we don't really get like flooded fields here you know and stuff Other like that duck clubs well, yeah, I mean, God bless it. If we could all be on a duck club, <laughs> it's great. But like, if you have a field, you're more than likely not going to beat the field that the geese or the ducks want to be on. So right. you got to know where they want to be. Like the field we hunted, you'd scouted that hardcore and you'd hunted it the day before even and had a good hunt. Yeah. So you were like, yeah, they, they should want to be here. <laughs> right. So like, yeah. it's not like on a whim. Oh, we had access to a field, you know, right. we'll see if we hunt it, right. you know? So it, it takes a lot more planning and a lot more diligence than I guess it leads on. Yeah. So, definitely. yeah, definitely. So how would you rate like, cause you're kind of saying toxic 
Oh man. The hunting community. <laughs> don't ask me to name names. <laughs> well, de definitely don't name names, yeah. but what, like as far as your experience getting into hunting, first of all, what was your vision of the hunting community? Like first thing? Like before you had gone? Nothing. I had no exposure to it. Like I had followed a couple people on Instagram that I knew hunted in the area, you know, some guys from church had, you know, messaged me about it and been like, Hey, if you ever want to go out, like, let me know. Yep. And I ended up going out with a couple of them this year and it had been fun. We shot some geese. They're way big into geese hunting and they don't do a lot of ducks and I'm more of a duck guy. Yeah. <laughs> like I'll well, take a bonus goose. Should be. I'll take a bonus goose. Don't get me wrong. I like, like shooting geese. I like shooting hawkers, but man, ducks are the cream to me, man. I just, you know, I don't know. It's a weird thing because I got buddies who like swear by geese and I got buddies that swear by ducks. You yeah. Know? Goose guys and duck guys. Yeah. I've got the same deal. And goose guys always make a lot of money <laughs> and they spend <laughs> a lot of money. <laughs> and I'm just like, there's got, there's a correlation here. You guys just have money to burn. So you're like good at hunting or something. Yeah. <laughs> you can buy 8 million decoys and fill a field and it's like, yeah. great. You know, it does take skill, but it's like, you know, the geese want to be where the geese are. And if you have, 8,000 geese, yeah. you're probably going to bring the geese in. <laughs> but like, like I love hunting geese, but man, compared to mallards, like just yeah. think of the field, the fields to me are like the best example. Yeah. Like geese don't do that. No. Matt said that this year. He's like, geese don't do that. Geese Whenever don't we do had that. a big old wad. We, yeah. We were laying in the blinds and like, I was staring up at this. Like, it was like a trance cause they're just tornadoing thousands of birds. Yeah. And Matt just goes, geese don't do that. <laughs> and I'm like, no, they don't. You know, like geese don't funnel from the heavens. Right. Like you'll have a line that's low and, you know, they're coming in and they're maple leaf. It's cool. And it's cool. But it's a different kind of cool. Yeah. You know, like it's like fast muscle cars versus fast sports cars. Like, right. you know, it's just right. same era, you know, area, but it's not, it's not the same. Right. So. Yeah. yeah, you're gonna prefer one over the other. It's just human nature. That field hell is funny because of the cows. Yeah, that was bizarre. Dude, those cows, man. I, we, I don't know if it's in the video. I think it is. Like it didn't center on it very much, but um, previous to us smacking the ducks, um, we thought that the cows were really messing with it. Like we thought that the cows were the reason that like the ducks weren't coming in because there were big flocks, you know, just circling the fields and they were kind of looking for a place and then they'd bug off and we'd be like, they should be landing in here. They should be yeah, coming. Like stressful. Yeah. And you were like, this is stressful, man. Like you were getting bothered by the cows and you were like, we got to do something. And we started like whistling our pintail whistles and yeah, stuff. I, and that. I just w hung on the whistle yep. forever. It was and, terrible. and they kind of like perked up an ear, but they didn't really care. We shot a couple times at some ducks that came in like just small little, you know, three pieces and stuff. And they didn't care. They wanted to be there. They wanted to watch. They were, they were there for the show. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> Matt's like, screw it. I'm going to go back to the truck and, you know, like walk them walk back. Them back. Yeah, so yeah. he literally like, hooted and hollered them all the way back to the truck and they followed him. and they followed him because they thought they were getting food and then that first group came in hard on top of danny and i and uh that was cool and we were like oh that's what it was they were they were scared of the cows, the cows. and we did that i think two more times yep you know and then they started coming in on top of the cows the cows were literally like four yeah. yards away the cows were like looking up and there's just floods mallards of dust trying to get over <laughs> yeah. the cows. That was so and, cool. Well, the, the mallards would take a berth, but then they just dive right in on top of yep. you. Yeah. And it was so they had cool because their cup, their cups were so in like 
next to their bodies, they had you know, to get above the cows because they had to get the over the cows and then they like, yeah, they did like a fighter jet landing, yeah. you know, just like a super short landing and they got hammered. Like there was one duck that came in so fast and so hard that I just pelted. I was going to make like a short out of it, but I, I like was oh. almost like, it's a little gory. <laughs> well, yeah, it turned the duck into hamburger right away. Like I felt bad because that was a mallard I couldn't eat right there, but yeah. that, that was cool. Like he got hammered and he landed literally like two feet from me yeah so it was like one of those right in your face moments it was, it was cool but that was cool that dude cows always do that yeah like mojos are like a magnet to it yeah they're just they're like just staring like, at it yeah they wanna, <laughs> i've had them like lick the mojos before they were licking the goosey oh, yeah, yeah. remember that one was spinning the goosey coil yep. that was hilarious i love these man like just these types of hunting stories is what makes hunting for me it's like we could have shot zero birds that day and i think it still would have been at least amusing the cows oh yeah you know it would have been frustrating but you know it would have been still fun like you don't have to kill limits of birds and right. have like these huge giant pile pictures for instagram to have a great time hunting and that's like what i've taken with me over the last two seasons Definitely. it's like that's the biggest thing i can learn is like i've met more great people i've spent more good time out in you know god's country the place i like to be mm -hmm. like than i ever had before you know, it really did change how I did life and I really enjoy it. So that's like my biggest that's excitement. So and with like the toxic culture and stuff, it's like, I really didn't get into it and like learn about it until I was in it. You know, like until I was in the waterfowling world and I'd like come up on somebody and they'd be like super rude and didn't want anything to do with being, you know. Yeah. Like they weren't wanting to be social. They were wanting to hunt with the people they came with or alone. And then Instagram, that's probably the biggest, oh, yeah. like, epicenter of toxicity. Mm -hmm. um, because people will, like, hunt, and then they'll, like, blur out their background, like, really hard. Or they'll, like, paint it. And I'm like, there's a million places in Idaho that look like that. You know, you that's don't... That's just goofy. It's goofy to me. Like, I got a buddy on Instagram that... No, I know all about it. Like, <sighs> the blurred fish pictures. Yeah, the fish like pictures that. where they do, like, a Snapchat yeah. where they paint the background. I'm Dumb, like... Dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. Like, you know, I'll tag, like, No Tellum Creek every once in a while if yeah, I don't want some... Funny. Yeah, but, like, I'm not gonna, like, blur out my picture and, like, you know... I don't know. It just... It seems to be I think to me. people that... I Well, first of all, I think if you are looking at people's pictures, targeting them, trying to go there. You're horrible. That's yeah. a terrible thing. That's terrible. Yeah. And that's like following somebody in their truck to their spot. Well, people are always like, Whoa, oh, you're, you're going to film there? Like, oh, lol. Yeah, lol. Who doesn't when I know about lol? lol and everybody's ripping into me. I'm like, dude. <laughs> yeah. Like they're commenting on I'm the video. I'm worried about losing lol to the crowds. It's already got 80, 80 people a, a morning on it. On the YouTube video, dude, there was a comment. I think I responded to it. It was like, are you really just going to do that? Like all you out of staters that come here and hunt, like you think that like you can just give our spots away. And I'm like, it's Lake Lowell. Like, I didn't say the name. I never even, even if showed you did. Anything. Like yeah. I have no problem on a podcast on a video saying Fort Boise WMA, Lake Lowell. Like That's these where are we places. Fort Boise these are places you should know about. Like as a especially as a youth or like newer waterfowler, like these are the places that are going to teach you how. Yeah. They're going to teach you where to go to what to look for in like habitat. Yeah. It shouldn't be like your prized possession of a spot. Right. Like if your prized possession of a spot is at Fort Boise or at Lake Lowell. That everyone knows about. That that's your responsibility to not get butt hurt when somebody mentions it. Cause yeah. like 
You know, if, if I had like say a camping spot, you know, there's great camping spots in Idaho. Sure. I'm not going to give away some of my ones that I've found, but they're not like, you know, the ones that you search on Google and you find, you know, it's like somewhere that I've been, that I found that I'm going to go and like camp, but I'm not going to like, you know, go and camp next to a, a resort, you know? Yeah. So it's like, the it's, I don't know. It just seems juvenile thinking that like you own a certain portion of a public place. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, I think that's, yeah. I'm like, if people really watch a YouTube video and go to the same place, like what kind of a dirt bag are you? Going to the same spot, I understand. But if they're like, oh, hey, like, you know, no, I'm looking I'm to get into like, hunting. Like you're like trying to snipe a spot. Triangulate the yeah, spot. exactly where it is. Like, <laughs> like you know, using satellites yeah, no, and stuff. If they're like, oh, that's Lake Lowell. We should go try Lake Lowell. That's a different thing. Yeah. Because that's like, If they're like, like, where exactly is that person? Like, oh, based on the background and yeah. using imagery. I just can't. I can't stand that mentality. Like, don't worry about what other people are doing. Mm -hmm. In that sense. Yeah. Just focus on learning on your own and yeah. all. that's the fun of it. Yeah. The fun isn't to go find someone else's spot. No. The fun is to figure it out on your own. Yep. So like there was plenty of blinds this year that like I really took up blind building hardcore this mm -hmm. year. Like I would take a little handsaw in with me when I went in the mornings and there was a morning even me and my buddy we took a little DeWalt chainsaw mm -hmm. and uh, we had a hedge trimmer at one point. We went kind of crazy and um, we built lots of blinds. And it was just out of natural vegetation and it was free to use for everybody. If somebody was in the blind we built when we got there for some godforsaken reason, like that happened a couple times, we didn't get butt hurt and go and try and kick them out oh, of our blind. Life, right? <laughs> like that blind was just like fishing game maintains the habitat and like does humanitarian stuff to, you know, ensure that we all have a good time while we're in nature in Idaho or wherever you are. Like you're doing that for the public. You're not doing that for you, you know? It's like when you build something off of private land, that is not yours to own. That's yours to yeah. share with everybody else. So that was a, a big thing for me because I kind of got peeved about it the first time. And I had sure. to think like, oh. Because you went through the work and then somebody used it. Yep. And I was like, yeah, it's on public land. Like it's just as much just theirs as it's mine. It is, yeah. yeah. So I don't own it, you know. Yeah. And then we moved down and we built another blind. And then, you know, if they were in that blind, we'd go to the other blind and we'd switch off and... We even ended up talking to that group at one point, and uh, they were super cool. They were like, oh, you built that? That's a really great, like, that's a great yeah. blind. You know, they had great things to say, and I'm just like, yeah, like, I'm glad you liked it, so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool just, you know, what we were talking about earlier, that uh, just whenever you come up to somebody randomly on public land, just not being a dick. Yeah. It's, like, the coolest thing. Yep. And I've met a lot of good friends through that, honestly. Mm-hmm. They're just meeting them on public land duck hunts and saying, hey, you want to hunt with me? Yeah. That stuff goes a long way, and you can build a relationship quick. Oh, yeah. Shoot, one of the guys that I talked with quite a bit this season, we, we actually didn't get out and hunt, but I met him at the gas station pumping gas on a weekend, like at like 2 p.m. one day. Like he had his oh, duck really? boat behind his truck, and I had my decoys in my truck. They're all piled up, you know, and he's mm -hmm. just like, where are you heading? And I was just like, oh, those are just kind of in there all the time. I live in an apartment. I don't have anywhere to put them. I ain't got no storage. Yep. And he was just like, oh, I'm just getting the boat serviced. And I was just like, oh, yeah, what's your name? And it's just such an Idaho exchange. You know, like yeah. <laughs> you get up to this person and they're totally a stranger to you. He gave me his business card and I gave him my phone number and we ended up talking all season about like, um, just like what to do, you know, like a, I guess different strategies and stuff. You know, he's a little bit older. He has more wisdom in the right in the waterfowling field. So, right. 
Yeah. Same thing with Ackley. The you know this guy Ackley Outdoors. He like I've met him once in person, mm -hmm. but like we've had really friendly exchanges on Instagram and stuff. And like he's just a you know a good wise person that knows a lot about this field, more about like the dog training side and like the sure. I guess I don't know. He he makes like a lot of lanyards and stuff too. Like yeah. he gave me a lanyard. Like I was just like out of the blue. I didn't ask for it. He was just like, you're just like the only person that like I talk to a lot that has like never asked me for free stuff. So here you go. <laughs> and I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. That's so funny. yeah, I just love plugging him where I can because I'm like, th these things happen. You know, you just got to be in your community. You got to be in the community that's around you. And, and no matter what you do, whether it's hunting or, yeah. you know, but like we have a really cool little like melting pot of people in the Treasure Valley that just happen to get that along. That is true. Yeah. When it comes to hunting and fishing, like we have a great community, so. Yeah, and I, I think overall, actually, um, you know, if we were in Arkansas, we'd be getting in fist fights every morning on public. So. Really. I think overall. It's like out of my realm of reality. Hey, it's just it's bizarre. We should go there sometime. We should. Yeah. <laughs> Good public land duck. Hey man, I'd be the perfect person to take on a public land duck in Arkansas. Just like, like really. Look <laughs> up at you like, oh, I don't know, man. Yeah. No, <laughs> uh, no the, I mean, there's a ton of pressure here, but. You know, overall, you know, there's, there's definitely guys. My, my favorite, everybody trying to be standoffish, the first thing that comes out of their mouth is three words. What is it? What are you doing here? I don't know, like, three words. You gotta Where are you about. from? Where are you from? That's the good one. <laughs> that happens at the grocery store. It doesn't matter if you're yeah, a hunter or I not. Mean, like, it doesn't really, for me, I'm like, God, what do I even <laughs> say? I mean, I'm from here, there, and yonder, you know? I grew up in... Louisiana, I lived in South Dakota, I live in yeah. Idaho now. It's just kind of funny, it's like... People really hate hearing where I'm from, and I'm not even from there, I was just born there. You're born in yeah, the C word. Yeah, the C word. So it's like, you know, I I guess I have to identify a little bit, but like, I don't even remember it. You know, I would remember Idaho and yeah. Alaska, those are my two two spots. Yeah. yeah. So when people right. ask, where are you from, I'm just like, well... I mean, all three states are super cool. They, I mean... California is super cool. California too, right? has its cool parts, but like... I mean, I mean, from a wildlife perspective, a hunting perspective, yeah, California I mean, is awesome. Well, Yosemite, too, is like yeah, its own there's cool all thing. Fly fishing, sport fishing. An insane amount of cool stuff. Don't get there me wrong. is. There's but, also a few cities that are a problem. Well, that's the thing is like the uh, the large, you know, Populous. metropolitan yeah. areas kind of ruin it for everybody else. You know, it's like I have never met somebody from California that I genuinely dislike talking to. Like... On a personal level. I would agree. Yeah, so it's like, it's kind of a, uh, I don't even know the word. It's just a big stereotype, you know? Yeah, it's like, stereotyping. Yeah. their driving is horrendous in Idaho. I would agree with that. In California, it's probably great because they're all used to that way of all driving. Doing. Yep. But here, it's different. You know, like Alaskans, terrifying people. You yep. know, they're, they're great, but they're terrifying. Like, they're genuinely, like, not scared of anything. Sure. Like, my aunt carried a gigantic revolver in her purse just because she was like, oh, nothing's going to get me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh yeah. okay. Yeah. Hardcore. And yeah, they, they shot moose and, you know, bears. And, like, mm -hmm. it, it's a really cool place for wildlife. Yeah. But it's like you got to know what you're doing, and it's ridiculously expensive to do. Yeah. So that's yeah, the Yeah, the hunting there is everybody's like, oh, I'd love to move to Alaska. You don't want to move there. And I've considered <laughs> it, but just to go hunting yeah a lot of times costs a lot of money to, for transportation 
And if you're, yeah, like a resident, you get way better breaks than if you're a non-resident, you know. So, but it is a really, really treacherous place to live when it comes to, like, where you'd want to hunt. You know, like, I lived in Fairbanks, which is closer to Upper Interior. Mm -hmm. Um, And that area is, like, we lived in an area where you had to bring in your own water. Like, we had plumbing and electricity, but we had to bring in our own water. And, like, tanks? Yeah. Like in the back of my dad's truck, he had a big 500 gallon yeah, tank. And I've done that before at my, my grandpa had a farm that we had to do that at, but not to live just when we stayed there. Yeah. Know? Like that was our life, you know? And, and then if there'd be like six feet of snow, you better hope you had enough water and it didn't freeze. It's like, so yeah. it's, it's just kind of a crazy way of living. And it was a nice house. It wasn't like, you know, we were, you know, living in this little shack. It was like right. a, you know, two story house and like big garage and stuff and had yeah. radiant floor heating. Like it. It was pretty, pretty cool. Pretty nice. Pretty nice. Just the water problem. But like, yeah, you were off the grid, you know, and like, that's just kind of the way it is up there. Like yeah. there's more people without cell service in Alaska than there are with, you know, that's so you got to be yeah. like Makes cool sense. with that. Like Makes now sense. that these, uh, like antennas you can put on your truck and stuff have come out, you know, where you have like your own little personal hotspot. I'm sure it's like more people oh, have yeah. it. Yeah, definitely. But like before, you know, you were just like, yeah, you got to go into town and make a phone call. So. Yeah. You, you got to be prepared for that. It's cool. Don't get me wrong. But, and you'd see the coolest stuff. Like we had moose come through our yard, lynx, bobcat, like bears. It was cool. That's awesome. But like living in the shit basically yeah. in the wild, I should say. Yeah. Like I fed carrots off of a, uh, like second story balcony basically when there was enough snow to bring it up, Yep. feeding carrots off to a mother moose and her babies. That's awesome. And it's, <laughs> It was terrifying because 1,200 pounds of animal with oh, yeah. babies, like, they get more mad than bears with their kids. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think there's, and this is a legit statistic, there's more deaths from moose, calf yeah. moose mm-hmm. than there are from bears every year. Yeah. We had one and, chase And it's, our it's all car. with calf and, yeah. Yeah. Or, we, or cow moose, not calves. So. Yeah. We had a mom chase our car up the road because the calf was up on the side of the road mm-hmm. in front of our car, and she thought the car was, like, going to get it, so she was, like, hoofing it after yeah. our car. Like on our driveway. (laughs) There was a video not that long ago. I don't know if you saw that one where that chick was like just jogging and that moose just came up and just threw her up in the air. I did not, but it it doesn't surprise me. That was in Alaska, of course. They're very territorial animals. Like, you know, and it's, it's cool because like when you're hunting them, they're very erratic, but they have their ways to go, Mm. you know, and they're not really pack animals, you know, like elk or, you know, they, they're herd animals. Yeah. Like moose, you have like, two or three solitary yeah like yeah. they're not super solitary they will converse with other moose mm-hmm. yeah moose is the plural <laughs> mooses mooses meese you yes. know <laughs> but they uh yeah they're a little bit more nomadic and it's it's cool so same with the bears like there weren't a ton in town but when they came in it was like a big news story you know everybody's like stay away from this area because there's a bear yeah so it's like camping but you're living there <laughs> right camping with a house yeah cool yeah. Well, so what would you say, like, as far as just because you're you're what they would classify as, you may hate this term, an adult onset hunter. Adult onset hunter. I like that. Yeah. No, that's I. What you, that is what you are. I really do like that because you're a young adult. It. Yeah. Because how old are you now? Twenty three. Yeah, twenty three. Yeah. And you're married. Yeah, and I'm married. Yeah, got married in June, so. Nice. Love it. He's taken. Yeah, I am taken. <laughs> so, what would you say? To someone, because there's a lot of these people out there, in my opinion, um, who want to hunt. Mm-hmm. There's like excuses though. Mm, haven't ever done it. Yeah. 
So that, well, I mean, so you're saying excuse. you're creating excuses. I, yeah, I mean, I would agree with this. That, like my my. Elaborate. What would you tell them? I would say that like if you want to do something, it doesn't even have to be hunting. Like you know, make it hunting specific. You know, but like if you want to do something, and you don't have to do it. Just find somebody that knows how to do it. You know, or go somewhere that puts you in an environment to succeed while doing it. Like. I just recently bought a motorcycle, like a dirt bike. Oh, yeah, you got into this dirt bike thing. Yeah, it's fun. You know, it's expensive. I have zero interest in this, but it, <laughs> in doing it. It's, it's going to tie back. It's an right, example. Okay, I'm listening. But, um, I, I have interest in it that you're doing it. Yeah. But I, in myself, I don't want to get into it. But I, you wanted to, and but, you did, right? Yeah, that's the thing. Is like I knew nothing about it, and I feel like I've become good at this, like, you know, getting into things I've never done. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, um. Like, I just used the greatest resource possible, which is the internet these days. Like, you know, oh, yeah. like I was like, where do you ride dirt bikes in Idaho? Right. Google, you know? And when I couldn't find what I wanted to find on Google, go to my church group, you know, or whatever. Like, be like, hey, I know that there's people here that do this. Like, yeah, how do you do this? do that stuff. Yeah. And like, there's an unbelievable amount of like support from like, you, like even on Facebook, you know, you can look up like, you know, Idaho hunters. Right. You know, I know waterfowlers yeah. is a group that we're in. Yeah. Get involved in something like that and be like, hey, I am brand new. And some 90 year old is going to be like, hey, I have like 8 million wooden decoys that I'd love to give you. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, it, it happens. You know, it's like there's always somebody looking to give a hand. There's always like somebody looking to give wisdom. So if you want to do something, waterfowl, you know, like big game hunting, I'm going to be interested in getting into that eventually, just yeah. when I have more time and money yeah, on definitely. my hands. Like, I'm going to go to. Guys like Danny, I'm going to go to guys that I know in my personal life outside of this and be like, hey, I got no idea what I'm doing. I have this, this, and this. Am I well-equipped to even try starting this? You know, yep. So it's just about putting yourself out there and not being worried to be the new guy, you know? Yeah. So, like, really, you just got to be afraid to not – don't be afraid to – Get outside your comfort zone? Yeah. Go outside. Touch grass. Do things that other Touch people grass. do, you know? Like – if you don't know what you're doing, find out how to do it. It's that yeah. simple. It's it seems, you know, oversimplified, but it's right. really that easy. Right. So like if you have a shotgun and a six pack of Walmart decoys and a half crappy duck call that you just blow the reed out of in your truck every time you drive and somewhere to go. I'd say a gun, a license and a good attitude is all you really need. That that's good too. That sounds like a <laughs> a midwest proverb yeah <laughs> you know like that's something that you guys put on like you know the right. vinyl in your kitchen or right. whatever so absolutely yeah it just that sort of attitude though have a can-do attitude not a can-don't attitude go right. and, go and do something like you were just on instagram you posted something that's like go out and do it right like i messaged back and i was like yeah just go out just do it exactly so like i was so hyped because i was like yeah that's what you got to do like especially when you're new especially when you know nothing more so than when you're good at it because when you're good at it you can just go do it you right. know how right it's when you're new nature when you're good at it when you're new you got to teach yourself so it takes that much more effort and time and you got to be willing to kind of hyper fixate and focus on it yeah so yeah you, you were talking about toxic or toxic waterfowl community yeah. But there's a lot of good people in the waterfowl community, too. Oh, yeah. More so than and bad a, people. A story I haven't told you or anyone other than my close friends from this year has to do with the good of people in the waterfowl community. So, you know, we have that Facebook page, Idaho Waterfowlers, that we all yeah, know I'm, of or members of. Or I'm involved it. with it just like on a viewer perspective. I don't really post a whole lot, but, you So, know. I had 
gone hunting. I told you by Middleton, I went hunting one day. Yep. It was for an evening. And I hunted there. And the next morning, I went to the snake. Yep. But not, I ended up scouting around and looking. And I was an hour and a half away. And finally decided I'm going to set up in this spot. Well, I went to grab my gun. And it wasn't there. Rough. My Super Black Eagle 3 that I always put under my seat if I'm going to hunt the next day. I didn't think anything of it to bring it in because I just locked my truck here. Yep. And, yeah, I left it in there, which I shouldn't do anyway, but I do. Um, wasn't there. Wow. And I was like, oh, shit. Damn. Yeah. That just gets straight up stolen? You still don't have it? No. So oh, this go. is part of the story. Okay. So, yeah. oh, sorry. My bad. Future so tripping. this is right before Christmas. Okay. And I have a buddy go there that day. This is Christmas Eve, actually. Mm -hmm. I have a buddy go there that day because I thought I left it in the parking lot, like against the tire. Yeah, like leaning up on something. Or yeah, whatever. and he didn't find anything, and I was like, "Damn, well maybe somebody grabbed it." And then Christmas morning, I finally posted on that Idaho Waterfowlers page, and somebody's like, "I think we, my buddy found your gun." Wow. And he did, and I went and got it. And his name is uh, Brody Chase, I believe is his last name. Brody Chase, shout out. Wow. You. Cool guy. Dude. It's funny, I went and picked it up from him. He's super cool, and now like we follow each other on Instagram and stuff. But he's super cool. He's like, man, I, I, like, I want to buy one of these now. He's like, I was like half tempted. He didn't say I was going to keep it. What he said was I was worried I was going to find a body or something because oh. I found a gun. It was leaning up where we were hunting against a tree. Really? You just yeah. left it? Yeah. Dude. Just you know, so dumb. Like, such a slip up. You know what's Couldn't crazy, though, is, like, I think that's kind of an Idaho thing, too. And, like, a hunting community thing. Like, most people will do the good thing. You know, will yeah. do the right thing. But in Idaho, like, if you leave your cars, like, your car keys in your car door when you go into the grocery store, somebody will, like, take the keys, give them to the person at the front desk in the grocery store and be like, hey, make an announcement that we found some keys. Yeah. That just happens. You know, and like on that Idaho Waterfowlers page, somebody had one of those big Righam Wright bags full of decoys that they lost in the river and couldn't get to yep. because their boat wasn't capable. Yep. And he was like, hey, I'm in this area. If anybody else is there this morning and they see a bag floating down the river, like it's got everything I own for waterfowl in it. It's yeah. got my camera gear. It's got my everything. Like he's like, I can buy it all back, but you know, it'd be really helpful if somebody found it. And like two guys from the group were like, I was going to put my boat in today anyway. I'll go down and look. And they went and put their boat in. And they run around for a while. They find his bag. They comment back. They're like, we found it. <laughs> they meet up and they go to dinner and they give him his bag back. Yeah. Like with all of his stuff. And I'm just like, dude, what on earth? What? Like, this is just like the most wholesome, loving oh, yeah. community. Isn't that great? It's cool. I we love talk, it. We talk about the toxicity, but it's really, I feel like the majority is actually not what you see on Instagram. That's the truth. It's it, like, it's a black eye, you know, so everybody sees it. It's like, nobody well, looks at somebody. Warrior thing. Yeah, that's the truth. Like if you're spouting toxicity, everybody's going to see it. If you're just acting like a normal, decent human being, it's like, you're not going to applaud a fish for swimming. We don't really see a whole lot when it comes to like, oh yeah, like, you know, there's those few great examples, like, you know, finding that guy's bag and your gun, like, those are shining examples, but most of the time it's just like, that's just how people live, you know, and we only see the the crap because it's like what everybody talks about. Right. So it's right. like, there's a lot spewed, but there's not a lot of actual content to it. Well, and that's the other thing too. It's like, um, 
people always talk these big games on Instagram and want to throw shade at everybody, just like fanning turkeys as an example. Yep. Um, but face to face, they're never going to act like that. No. Yeah. Whenever you're nice and come up to the person, they're not going to just no. tell you off. Like there's a couple people, I won't name any names or anything, but there's people I've hunted with this last season that I was not impressed with their like, I guess, ethics. You know, I wasn't mm-hmm. impressed with the way they hunted. I wasn't impressed with the way that they like held themselves when it came to the hunting, you know, how they treated the birds, like all these different things. Like, and it was all kind of this one set of people and, you know, they were doing some shady stuff. And my first instinct wasn't to go, oh, I'm going to go blast them on Instagram. Right. Like, I'm just not going to hunt with them anymore. You know, like, and, you know, I'm not going to throw shade at them publicly. You know, I'm not going to be like, oh, this is these people. Like, it doesn't matter. You know, there's going to be those people in any walk of life. So if you don't want to be around those people, unless they like are doing something extremely illegal, you know, that's like going to hurt other people, then report them to the authorities. But again, don't blast them on Instagram. Right. So that's a personal matter in between you, the authorities and them. Not, you know, the entire community. So that's something to talk about too. It's, it's takes a lot to deal with those situations. I've dealt with so many of them. Yeah. It's, it's to the point now where when it's going on, I nip it in the bud. Yeah. Um, but that comes, comes with time. I'm like, I'm honestly too nice in most situations Same. when I was younger and like would just shut up and let stuff happen and be involved in stuff that I shouldn't be involved in, honestly. Yeah. These guys were my ride, so I didn't have much of a choice. I was just going to sit there and be like, okay, I really hope the game warden doesn't come by. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, so. those situations are so awkward. Oh, man. I, I put my gun down. Like, they were like, you okay? And I was like, oh, I'm all right. You know, just like, yeah. not feeling it, you know? So, right. like, because I was like, I want to be able to have as much plausible deniability if we do have somebody come up. Like, we were on private land, you know, these guys are... kind of in that sort of like toxicity realm of the waterfowl community where it's like, we don't want anybody to know where we are. Like we have these places, like these things are ours. Yeah. Very secretive. And it, it kind of comes back to like the, you know, like field hunting versus public land hunting, like or private land versus public land. And then like, you know, what kind of waterfowl you're shooting and stuff. Like there's certain areas that you'll notice have a lot more like, I guess, cruddy people in them. You know, it's like if you only hunt private land and you only hunt geese and you're like, uh, I'm serious. This, this sounds weird, but like that kind of broods a little bit more of like a, you know, it's goose guys. It's not even goose guys. It's, it's just the guys that are like, we don't want anybody to know where we are. We don't want anybody to be near okay. us. You yeah, know, no, like, definitely. That's what I experienced this year. You know, it's like if they're like, oh yeah, we don't mind coming along. You know, it's like, that's a different attitude. These guys are like okay, you got in, you know, now you're going to be able to come hunt. Now we're going to, yeah, they, they blindfolded. We have a seance tonight. They blindfolded me on the way to the Shut line. Up. They did. They put a blindfold Shut on me in the up. truck. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I could just like go that on Onyx. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I literally that. said when we got there, I was like, you know, I could just go on Onyx and like Somebody see exactly where we are. Somebody blindfolded you yep. on the way to go hunting? Yeah. And I was like. How d- old are these people? In their 30s and 40s. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was dumb. 
It was dumb, and I'm really not trying to spout shit about them. But well, hopefully they don't listen. I really hope. Probably know. I mean, they're the only people I've ever heard of that actually blind. That's the reason I'm not saying like you know specifics or anything or like who they are. It doesn't matter. You know, it's just like those people exist. Those people that have. I. I it's always been a joke. Like oh, oh it's... we're gonna blindfold you on the way we feel. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've said that to my buddy. Like I had a buddy Hayden Seeloff. He's a good yeah. buddy of mine, and I took him hunting this year, and he literally had like been on two duck hunts before. I think like. Yeah. I might be wrong, but he did not have any of the knowledge. And I took him on a couple hunts and he was like, dude, this is fun. I'm going to buy a shotgun for this. Sure. So he we went and bought a shotgun, you know, and I'm like, dude, this is going to be fun. Like he's looking at like buying decoys for next year. Yeah. It, it's been cool. And we shot a lot of divers together. Mm -hmm. um, but like he was new and I brought him in and I wasn't like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to blindfold. You can't know where you we're going. Like nice spot. I literally told him, I was like, if you are able to go and I'm not just go. Like, you know, it's not my spot, you know, go. Yeah. So, and he was just like, I can go alone. And I was like, it's probably not smart when you're this new, just safety wise, like knowing where other people are, having the awareness, yeah. the depth of water. Just yourself being out there with a gun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like Early just on. even depth of the water. Like if you're on a river or something, sure, you, you got to know. It. That could be a real problem. Dude, you got to know that stuff. You know, like Kyle Roth, you know, he's kind of like a prominent figure, I guess, in this area. Like, you know, he has sure. a lot of a following. He got swept down real bad and like almost lost his life. Like, cause he, his waders filled up with water. Damn. If I do recall correctly, but wow. yeah, it was a, uh, it was a lot of scary stuff. So he was like, yeah, I'm not, not super happy with that one, but it just made me think like, okay, go hunting with somebody. Don't, you know, don't have that. Like, oh, I can go hunting on my own. Like. It's yeah. always better with people anyway. It's safer. It's good. So, yeah. I mean, I hunt. I hunt alone a lot. I do too. But at the same time, I don't push my well, limits. Like, I don't explore yeah, new areas. Be like, careful on rivers. Be careful <laughs> in certain yeah. situations. Like if you're on private land, you know really well, or you're on a spot you've been to a thousand times. Like that's or a different. Pond. Yeah, it's not, different. Not, not the snake. No, the snake is not the place to go try it out when it's pitch dark and you're alone yeah it's a bad idea um even most parts of the boise or yeah the boise is scary because there's a lot of sweepers in the boise yeah like, you could die pretty easily yep so if like, you don't we, know when we canoodled yeah how sketchy there were some sweepers that if <laughs> that we'd have to like we we're not that good of canoodlers hey man canoodling is all about the drift okay. that's what i think it's not about the paddle you're right. Yeah. You just got to give the drift direction. It's supposed it. to be canoodling, not, you know, <laughs> powerboating. So, right. yeah, I understand. It, it's sketchy. You got to know what you're doing. Yeah. So, that's my biggest piece of advice to any new hunter and anything. If you don't know what to do and you don't feel comfortable, it's probably not safe for you to do it either. Right. Because, like, you're either going to hurt somebody else, you're going to hurt yourself, or you're going to injure your, you know, ability to, uh, like, do something correctly the next time. You're going to build bad habits. So, but the, a big takeaway is the world, the hunting community needs more mentors. Oh yeah. And that's why I wasn't scared to bring on people this year that didn't know what they were doing. Cause I'm still really new, but the worst thing I could do is be like, Oh, I don't know enough to, you know, to help you, you know, go find somebody else. Right. It's like, they might not find somebody else. They might just be like, okay, it's not worth it. I'm not going to try now. No. So it's like, I'll do what I can. And then when I don't know something, I'll refer them to somebody that does. I like, mean, we need more hunters uh, just as is to preserve the tradition. Not in Idaho. <laughs> we That's have, true. We have so many people here. They're trying to hunt waterfowl at least. Like, I don't know so much about. Well, uh, they're game too. I, mean, I haven't seen that world yet. Yeah. So it's like. I know that the, it like people get in straight up fistfights about like elk spot and stuff sure. like because you know 
it's and just no matter where you go there's people yeah that's just part of the game now you can't go anywhere where you're gonna walk for 20 miles and not see another human soul no. like it, no we don't live in that world anymore it'd be cool but it's not what we do so but yeah like the world need, like there's a problem with people being so selfish yeah I mean, I've been there. I've been really trying to not be recently, and that's like a big push that I've had personally, um, and it's very hard because, but it, it gets to a point where, well, what's the point, yeah. you know, of, of like not. Well, you're hurt. Yeah, people. you're hurting the future too. It's like, especially when like younger kids and stuff want to get in on it. Like, those are the people you should be the most gung ho about. Like, you know, like people like me, great, like adult onset hunters. Yeah. Like. Like you know, we can, we can kind of get our way, you know, by, like, on our own. Like, we'll get help where we can get it. But, like, with kids, it's like, they might not have a car. They definitely don't have a boat. They don't have access to some of these, like, places that you can hunt. Like, me as an adult going up to a door and asking for permission to hunt is a whole lot different than, like, some 16-year-old. Yeah. Like, I think that I have a better shot at that because I'm more adult. You know, they probably trust my judgment a little bit more. Yeah. It's like, you have more opportunities available to you as an adult. Right. So if you see some kid, you know, in your sphere that's interested and they have no way of like letting that out, you know, their parents don't hunt or whatever, it's like offer to take them. So because that generation needs to be built up too. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Cause we, you know, the only way that you continue to hunt, that you continue to have this freedom and this ability is to have hunters. Yeah. So it's a dying breed, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It really is, and but like you said, in Idaho, we're doing fine. But, At least, you know, in the 30 to 40s realm, we're doing fine. I'll see a whole ton of young guys. Like, you know, I, I have a few, but, you know, most of my hunting buddies and stuff are a lot older than I am. So. Sure. Sure. Yeah, they grew up hunting here, and now they're pissed off there's so many young kids doing it. Of course. <laughs> yeah. It's an age-old thing. Yeah. Just kind of have to accept it at some point that other yeah. people go hunting. Yeah, it ebbs and flows. They're, like... You know, it's kind of like Instagram and TikTok will, you know, trend. Something like the gym was huge for a while. Everybody was like, oh, I'm going to get in the gym because it's like really popular on those platforms. Yeah. And now it's like, you know, I don't know what's really trending now. But those sorts of things like happen, you know, like duck hunting and hunting in general. Like it'll have a big spike and then it'll have a dip. And it, you know, it's just a curve. Cyclical thing. Yeah. Sure. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah we got to get you out big game hunting for sure i'm excited too like the thing is i want to put in the work which is mm -hmm. the problem because like this is where my pride kicks in and i think it always will especially with big game i've seen what it takes to do it well especially living in alaska like seeing my family up there like i had aunts and uncles and cousins that did it and i never got in with them but i saw the insane amount of work it is yeah. and i don't want to like freeload on that for somebody yeah so i don't want to go and do it and be like, oh yeah, you know, like I'll just tag along. It's like tagging along while big game hunting means you're a burden, in my opinion. I don't know. It depends on the hunt, right? Yeah, especially being as big as I am and probably not as in great a shape as most of the big game hunters out there. It's like, you're gonna have to take some more breaks. You're gonna have to like, you know, be able to adapt to your new environment sure. a little bit. Like with duck hunting, it's like, yeah, you go sit in a blind and uh, if you don't know what you're doing, you can just sit there and watch. Sure. If you're big game hunting and you need to get over that hill and it's another eight miles, it's like, you got to get over that hill and it's another eight miles. <laughs> like, have fun. So, yeah. it's a little bit more daunting. I'm excited for it. Yeah. You know, I think I'd love to get on some antelope. That seems like a good yeah, way to get definitely. into it. 
because a lot of it's like plains and you just know, gonna be tough in Idaho. You're probably gonna have to go out of state. Yeah, we do have pronghorn. We do. And, like I hunted them this be, year, which would be super fun to me. Like I'd be cool with that because it seems like the quote unquote easy way to get into it because sure. everything else is like mountainous. But yeah, I've said that pronghorn antelope or pronghorn. They're not antelope are the easiest thing to hunt with a rifle and the hardest thing to hunt with a bow. Yeah, because they can see you from a million miles away kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. But you can get to 300 yards. You can't get to 40. No. <laughs> yeah, no. 40 is a little rough with yeah. stuff that can see you. That's Those videos of people like walking up on an elk with a bow where they're like 15 feet from them just scare the crap out of me too. Just like I'm a big dude, but like that's a huge animal. And I'm just, I'd be sitting there like shaking in my drawers. It'd be bad. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be fine. Like I wouldn't like scare it off or anything, but I would be straight up terrified. Sure. Yeah. Cause like I've seen what moose do. Oh yeah. Moose. Yeah. I'm not too scared of an elk. Elk's so scared of you. Well, that's what I'm saying is like, just when you grew up at a young age with like those animals being like, stay away from them, they'll try and kill you, right. you know, to like something that's just as big, but has a very different attitude towards humans yeah it's like you got to be able to make that mental shift and i'd it'd probably take a little bit of time sure yeah so yeah the bears are what's coming up for me dude bears seems fun to me i had a buddy that shot a bear last year and yeah. he he got it mounted and like you know i think he made it into a rug but sure. it's cool you know big old cinnamon bear dude there's something about them man i the mountain bears are just sick problem with me is there's a lot of work involved like a ton. do you bait bears or do you hunt bears i killed mine over bait last year but then the other ones we killed spot and stock okay this year my goal is to kill on spot and stock is it a lot more work or is it about equus like i know that you like i would say like the difficulty level is equal really because you have the work involved with baiting but you're going to get bears on your bait if you put it in the right area you just got to chain up your barrel and stuff like it's same. a pain in the ass it's yeah. a lot of work and well, you, you got to rebate and everything else. Yeah, that seems like it'd be the hard part. It's just maintaining. Stop. First of all, it's hard to find them. Mm. Then when you do find them, you got to get to them to shoot them. Mm. Then when you do shoot them, you got to retrieve them. Oh my god, dude! Which, that's the other thing with big game is like the retrieval does scare me because I know how bad I feel losing a duck. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah. If you, if I were to lose something, I've big. never lost. Uh, I've never. Okay, I've. I've hit an animal and it has gone away That's See, where I never found it. Which that would, that would like hurt me to my soul. Like that would make me feel like mm -hmm. a horrible human being. And it does. Um, like I feel bad with ducks. Like I feel we had, we shot a goose this year that, uh, went down across the river and there was no way we were getting to it and it, it didn't even go down that hard. It just kind of winged it. Yeah. And that thing we never saw again. And it made and me it feel, it made me feel horrible because like i'm an ethical hunter i'm somebody that's going to use the bird i'm like you know i'm not going to do that whole poaching thing like i've you know yep. seen people do that and yep. it makes me mad when i'm sitting in the blind watching people do that right so it's like if i were to do that with a big game animal say like i'd put a bad shot on something you know like if you've shot it in the haunches or something yeah for some weird reason your gun wasn't sighted in right something you know you you twitched a little dude i got a piece so bad yeah <laughs> Little, little break in the action. Oh, a little break. Sorry. So <laughs> you good. said shot in the haunches. Yeah. So it, was just, it would really tear me up. So I was, that's what I always think about. And, uh, I know that like my abilities there, cause like I've shot long range, you know, and done all that stuff. It's fun for me. I, you know, yeah. but I'm not used to shooting it 
a living thing and putting a shot in a good place, especially with like, you know, big game, there's so many different, like, you know, people that'll argue different places to shoot and like different placements and like, I'm excited for it, but it's something that I'm definitely gonna have to do my research on a little bit and like kind of prepare for before I just get like thrown into it. I'd love to go on a hunt and like watch somebody hunt it and like help them get it out. Cause that'd make me feel like I'm at least contributing. Like if I were to go in with no knowledge on somebody else's unit that they hunt, you yeah. know, and be like, okay, yeah, I'm going to shoot a, an animal here and then you're going to help me pack it out and yeah. gut it and do all the things. It's like, I'd rather go with somebody, do everything but shoot, you know, and help Sounds them. Like you need to be a cameraman for me. I would love to because, well, that would teach me what I need to do with stuff. You know, it would definitely yeah. give me insight onto like how to stock a bigger game animal, how to do all these sorts of things, how to like prepare yourself to do these things. Um, and yeah, it would be a better learning experience and it wouldn't, uh, wouldn't feel so much as though it was in the way. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I'd ever look at it that way personally, but um, I see what you're, where you're coming from, or yeah. how you would feel that way. Yeah. And, and learning curve wise, yeah, waterfowl. To be really good at waterfowl is it takes a while, but to go waterfowl hunting and shoot some ducks, it's not that hard. It's like skiing. Everybody can ski. Yeah. Not a lot of people can ski well. Sure. Yeah. Like I know my wife, you know, God yeah. bless her soul. Yeah. She's not a skier. I took her skiing one time. She made it down green runs just fine. She was doing great, you know? Yeah. But then when I was like, Hey, let's go down devil's asshole. She was like, you know, <laughs> have you seen, uh, the comedy bit about different ski run names? No. Okay. Oh, there's like butterfly and tinky winky. And then there's like devil's butt. Yeah. You know, like yeah, it's, yeah. it's always named like, you know, like the gnarly one ones. The are, other. Yeah. The gnarly ones are named, you know, like, like scary stuff and right. the easy ones are always like oh yeah queen you know? yeah exactly. so but i took her down the easy ones and uh she was doing fine but then when i told her we should go down some harder stuff she was like oh no i can't do that so it's it's very similar to that in any hunting like especially yeah. waterfowl though it's like yeah you can go out and you can go down the green runs all day long and you know maybe shoot a mallard here and there if you want to be on the x and you know kill like lots of birds and like consistently yeah exactly you gotta you gotta do the danny you gotta do the drew rossman you gotta do the you know the thing you gotta scout you gotta be on top of the birds and when the birds move you gotta know where they're moving to like it's yeah. just yeah it, it comes down to a lot of things so yeah. you gotta know what chokes in your gun what your pattern looks like you get like well and tons know. of people big game hunt you know the guys with the stickers and the yeah you wear your you know your baseball cap your red you know, flannel and your jeans and you go walk out in the woods with your 30-06 and you go deer hunting. You go drive the roads with your 30-06. Yeah. Or you're, you know, like the guy that's in like full Kuyu, you know, like that like lives in the side of a mountain. For are you talking days. about like, are, wait, hold on. Are you talking about like the gear guys? Not the gear guys. I'm talking about the actual like, killers. The actual killers oh, that like, yeah. you know, they got like, you know, moose blood and like poop on their face and they're like cuddled in the side of a mountain for eight days and then they like stalk their prey and then they actually kill the animal. Yeah. And it seems easy when they do it. You know, when you see right. a guy on Instagram that's like shaking after he shot this gigantic elk with his bow and he, it, it seems easy watching that video, but like the amount of preparation oh, yeah. work. Oh, yeah. Like what goes into that is. Yeah. Nuts. And then there's the guy that'll shoot one like big game animal every 10 years yeah you know that's yeah. like oh yeah i'm cool with that it's like there's the casual hunter versus the avid hunter that's like the tag the success rate on 
elk and i think most units is under 10 percent which is crazy yeah it's like and that would yeah. that would hurt too because i'm coming, saying for for archery well coming yeah. from waterfowl where you can shoot a bird on a bad day Which, almost yeah, every time. What, what's waterfowl? Like, not for, well, especially in this neck of the woods. Probably 70% of people that go out get a bird. At least a bird. You I think? Would, I would say so with golden eyes and stuff yeah. going on. Yeah. With a big game animal, even with like mule deer, which is like the most common deer here, right? Sure. Right. I don't know a lot about it. That's got to be like less than 20, 30% of people that get a tag get a deer. Sure. So it's like, and that's over the course of the entire season, one animal, you know, like I do like killing things, you know, I like yeah. shooting at things. Yeah. So it just seems like an insane amount of work to come back and be like, oh yeah, I got tag sweep this year. Right. So absolutely it is. And it and it's mental too, right? Yeah. It took me a long time to get, to graduate into, I'm going to big game hunt hard and make the sacrifice. See in South Dakota, the rut happens when the peak of migration when we would just be slaying mallards yeah so it was always this thing like oh you gotta like total i just shooting ducks i don't care about the deer but then i got a little older and i was like i want to shoot a big buck oh you know? yeah yeah and i was like if i'm gonna do that i just can't duck hunt for like two weeks a year yeah i have to devote my time to to deer hunting yeah and it took a while for me to do that the cool thing about your situation is the best duck hunting in this state occurs after big game seasons. That's the truth. And, you know, really what I'm going to branch out to before anything, like, sorry to, you know, be like, I'm not really that into big game hunting yet. Sure, sure. But, like, upland hunting oh, really yeah. has my heart for I next love year. Too. Like, I want to get a really cool looking, uh, uh, what do they call them? The ones, the, it's a grouse that has, like, a ton of, like, black and white fan on it. You're talking about sage grouse? Yeah. I want to shoot one of those really bad, yep. right? And I know nothing about I upland I, birds. My, I got my first one this year. They look awesome. And did then, you watch that hunt at all? I haven't yet. Maybe we'll watch it after this. I was going to say, have to. <laughs> but then Chucker, too. Because like I went to Treasure Valley Community College. Yeah, go Chuckers. Oh, go Chuckers. Chuckers was the mascot. So I've always had like this infatuation with the bird ever since going to college there, which is, you know, it's like community college, but it's cool. So. Yeah. And they're cool looking birds, they're you sweet. know, like upland birds, especially just, you know, they have really cool colors to them. They're very, I guess, vibrant. Yeah. So I want to get on some of them for sure. I'd like to do the Idaho nine, maybe not next year, but yeah. you know, the following season. Yeah. So, cause like you and Drew both expressed interest in that and yeah. I've talked to you about it. So yeah. Yeah. I got, I did mine. So. Yeah. You, you got yours. I don't know if Drew got his, but you know, like he said, he said he was going to postpone to next year when I talked to him. Oh Yeah. So that makes sense, but yeah. it's just, you know, it's something I'd like to get into. It would broaden my horizons with hunting, mm -hmm. make me a better hunter. You know, Oh, it takes you to some cool places. Oh yeah. I've heard you got to hike basically the same for chuckers as you do for oh, yeah. elk and deer. This shit's so steep, man. <laughs> I don't doubt it. <laughs> yeah, it's nuts. Yeah. Very cool though. And uh, yeah, you get to see some cool stuff. So like with duck hunting, you, you see a lot of cool like lower ground, I guess, but with yeah. upland you right. get into the upper yeah you so. do you get into big game country yeah with a lot of those species that's super cool and Fingers i have a crossed. perfect shotgun for it that was gifted to me i got What's a 16 that? gauge from my uncle that uh he handed down from his dad um and it's a winchester model 19 i think i'll have to send you a picture it's okay. cool it's a pump model six model 16 no i'd have to look okay it, yeah, yeah we'll look into it but it's cool it, it's an old freaking uh fixed choke 
16 gauge. So, okay. Yeah. Sweet. It's a cool gun. I want to get some use out of it. I'm going to yep. buy some Bosch shells for it. Yeah, that's the way to go. Yeah. So. Yeah. Cool. But just broaden the horizons in hunting. You know, that's the goal, I guess, for the next few that's years. Cool. And, you know, learn more and, you know, improve my waterfowling ability when waterfowl's here. And then when uplands here, do that. Yep. I don't have a ton of uh, interest in, like, the early geese and stuff. Like, in spring, like, right now, people are shooting snows and stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Like, it seems kind of fun, but... It is know. fun. It's definitely fun when you get into it. I don't have the equipment anymore. Yeah, and I wouldn't for a long time just because I'm in that stage of my life where my wife's going to be going to school. You know, I'm going to be working. It's like, okay. really, yeah. I got to kind of budget my finances and time more than I have in the last few years. So I'm really going to be able to embrace the frugal fowl company page this year. Oh, yeah. That'll be another. I love that concept. That'll be another goal because really I'm going to be skimping it this year. Yeah. It's going to be like Walmart ammunition only. Sure. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Maybe a box of Bosch shells for Upland. There you go. Yeah. But just that sort of thing because, you know, it's that season of my life. Right. It'll be good though. Teach me a lot. It'll help me teach others when they're like, how do I get into this for like Well, Upland hunting, you want to talk about, you literally need nothing. T-shirt. Well, the problem for me with upland hunting is I feel like you need a dog. Uh, you don't need one. You don't need one, but it makes it you want one. way easier. <laughs> like, I've been pheasant hunting without a dog and pheasant hunting with a dog, and there's a world of difference, and it comes down to even, like, seeing birds. Sure. Like, when I pheasant hunt without dogs, I'll see a bird, but it'll be way, way too far for me to hit because I won't even, like, it'll flush before I... I even get to it. Yeah. And then with a dog, it's like, oh, hey, there's a bird right there. We can sneak up on it. Right. <laughs> it's just that much easier. So, right. yeah, your dogs and I are going to be best friends this next year, hopefully. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Come out and upland hunt with you. Definitely. But, yeah. Absolutely. Well, cool, man. Well, thanks for coming on. And yeah, dude. Thanks for having yeah, me. Definitely. Appreciate it. Yeah. Absolutely. It's always a good time seeing you. Yeah. You know, it's crazy, too, because, like, we've been talking for, what, two years? Yeah. Yeah. And, just as of recently, I moved over like five minutes from here. So, <laughs> which is sweet. Yeah, we're super close. So that's awesome. Yeah, yeah we'll man. do some more stuff together for sure. For sure, and we'll be hunting. Yeah, and then in the off season, we'll be fishing. There you go. So you do a lot of fishing in the off season? Quite a bit, not as much as I used to. Okay, but quite a bit. We'll get you out. Yeah, <laughs> sounds good, dude. Yeah, man. Thanks. Right. Thanks.